1: Good morning. Welcome back to another show of Navigating Your Retirement with your host, Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. Folks, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please give us a call. 877-269-0839. That's 877-269-0839. Folks, he's here. He's back. It's not just me. It's Tony Uh Shore.
0: I'm here. Watch
1: it. I think that's my favorite part of the show Tony. I have to come up with a different Joe Buck uh, inner <laughs> introduction for you every time.
0: Joe Buck, oh my gosh, uh some fun I there's some funny jokes about out there about Joe but uh we won't get into him. My neighbor can't stand him. So every time, you know, we're watching a game together, I have him over to watch the game and Joe Buck's the announcer. Uh it's just funny to hear him uh, go off about joe buck anyway well i thought uh, it
1: was i thought it was pretty cool that you know his dad obviously uh jack buck oh, was was yeah. famous you know famous announcer and famous yeah. uh play-by-play man and yeah that he got to call you know the last time the chiefs won the uh the super yep. bowl jack yep. was the announcer and now his son joe is yep. the announcer so
0: and i thought he did great and i oh, thought that did. was and i thought that was neat too i mean he is a good announcer i don't know why he uh, people like to give him a hard time, but uh, haters going to uh, hate. Yeah. Haters going to hate. And he's a really, I think, I think his strength would be baseball. Um, oh, absolutely. He, he he calls all sports. And that's what I find odd is that he does both football and baseball, but he is that talented, but he, uh, when Joe Buck calls a baseball game, it's usually really good. It's just for a while, he would kind of wear his favoritism for his team mm-hmm. on his sleeve or get excited for the team he liked. And so he got a lot of bad rap, but he doesn't do that anymore. He he's kept that in check. So, uh, but yeah, his dad was quite an announcer too. I've heard some of the old clips, but anyway, getting back to our show today, Travis, what are we talking about on the show?
1: Well, uh, we've had a lot go on, obviously, since the last time we were on, we had, uh, let's see, we had the Super Bowl, we had the State yep. of the Union. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, holy cow. <laughs> that was, uh, that. you know, I, I, I am going to say this, and I know we got to get to the show, but here's, Tony, you and I have talked about this. Here's the thing. I don't care if you're a Democrat, I don't care if you're a Republican, you can be decent to people. Right. And that that goes for the president, that goes for the speaker, that goes for everyone in Congress, you know, House, Senate, doesn't matter. You can be decent to your 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 uh people that disagree with you i mean well
0: you should be decent right uh, that's unfortunately, our can, politicians just because have you, just you have the problem. capacity
1: doesn't mean you have the will right i mean yeah, you our, can, our
0: politicians right now don't have the civility no need no with each other with each other you know what i mean
1: no and that's uh that's really kind of scary because you know my personal opinion i think you know uh, you you've got you've got to know and sometimes you know i was an elected official for 10 years and and we had a lot of heated debates right but at the end of the day sometimes you have to swallow your pride and you have to actually do what's right for your constituents and sometimes right. that means it may not be a 100 your way Right. But that's that's okay. I mean, it's not always your way or the highway. And I think that's that's something our, our elected officials need to, to definitely take a step back and, and think about. But anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah. so so the show, let's talk about the show. So what we're gonna talk about today is uh, when when we've obviously been covering the Secure Act and, and some of the features, some of the the uh, pros and cons over the last few weeks, uh, as I as I do from time to time, Tony, I get questions from the show. I get questions from those who come in our office. So actually, I'm going to do kind of a Q and A this morning. I'm actually going to going to read one of the questions, and if we have time to get to the second, we'll definitely get to another. But one of the questions that I received over the last couple of weeks was. You know, Travis, I heard I heard what you and I'm I'm obviously paraphrasing their question, but I've heard that uh, your RMD is now not required until age seventy two. So, you know, obviously uh, this this couple was in their their late sixties, and their question was: Should we wait, or should we just? Go ahead and start drawing at 70 and a half, kind of like we've been planning for. And it depends. right? And that is that is the the answer. I mean, not to be coy, but it depends. I mean, that's that's one of those things. And that's what I want to kind of talk through this morning. First off, is if if you really want to think about the answer to that question, the first question you have to ask yourself to answer it is, what's the goal? Right. What is what is the purpose of that money? If if it's to provide an income, you know, uh, for instance, had a, a couple this week, the the spouse just she was the last one working and she just decided she was like, you know, i, I just don't know why I'm doing this. And, you know, I, I need to I want to go home. I want to spend time with my husband. So I'm retired, like weren't planning on retiring, but she was like, I'm retired. So now we're basically not going to change course because her RMD is going to supplement their retirement so obviously she needs income so for her situation obviously like some of the listeners out there you may not want to defer your rmd right you may just want to go ahead and start taking income now technically it's not an rmd anymore because it's not required but it's still the income you're going to be able to go ahead and start exercising as soon as possible right if you're 70 71 etc uh if you don't need the income you know, maybe you're not like that couple and maybe you don't need the income. Well, if you don't need it, then you may want to let it grow because, you know, maybe you don't maybe you don't you don't have a need for it and you don't want to pay the tax on it or, you know, maybe you've got some capital gains you want to you want to go ahead and and capture some of those. You know, it's it's one of those things. Maybe you just don't want to take it. If that's the case, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I read an article this week that was was almost uh, tax shaming, I I would say, some of the clients out there because it was like, you know, uh, deferring your RMDs could cost you more in retirement. And his rationale was it was it was a planner cfp it was his rationale was is that two years of additional compounded growth was going to cause a bigger tax bill throughout retirement well that is Mm. true if you have more money tony surprise surprise guess what you have to pay more of tax uh uh, you you are you cheating? Were you looking on my paper? <laughs> so that's common sense, it, folks. You you understand that. But the point is, just like we've talked about, if you if you are not required to take the RMDs, required minimum distributions at seventy, and you have an extra two years and you don't need them, well. If you're taking out of your pot two less years and you allow for two additional years of growth, then one of two things is going to happen. Either you take the same distribution rate that you were planning on and your retirement's probably going to last another four to five years, or you can have the same longevity projection and take more income at 72 because of the growth. So I get it. I understand what he's trying to accomplish, what he's trying to say. But it's almost like you're only getting one side of the story. It's, you know, if you let this grow, you're going to you're going to be sorry. You're going to be. Well, you know what? That could be the difference in whether someone's retirement goes from red, meaning danger to green, meaning they're going to be successful. That's that's a planning point. Right. And, And I think planning is what planning. For us, for those on the show that have listened to me, they've heard me say this over and over, it's it's a way to 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 basically look at where you are, know where you are, know where you want to go, and then look at the routes on how you it's how you're gonna get there. Right. Because remember the old map map quest or Google Maps, whenever you would put in a destination before they had smartphones where you could do it on the fly, and it would give you like shortest distance, fastest route, you know, no toll roads. Remember that, Tony? Yeah, oh yeah. So you you had to know what your what you were potentially going to face and how that was going to affect your time. Well, same thing. Whenever you plot your course, once you know where you are and where you want to go, then you can start to kind of hone in on what you need to do. Now, there is a another there is another benefit that is not I have not seen one article on this, and maybe I need to be the one to write it. There has not been one article that I have seen now and there I'll guarantee you somebody will email me one, but that's okay. I want to read it. (laughs) Um, But I have not seen one article on this. Tony, why would someone in at 70 and a half prior to 2019 potentially not want to do a Roth conversion at 70 years old? It's because if you do a Roth conversion, in order for it to be an appropriate transaction, you have to take the RMD before you do a Roth conversion. So if that's maybe your mentality of, I want to go ahead and make sure that I'm planning for my tax future and I'm trying to help my spouse and potentially my family not pay a bigger tax bill later, I'm going to do Roth conversion, well, at 70 and a half, typically that's whenever it's gonna to start to to question whether it's really efficient or not. Why? It's because you have to take the RMD before you do the Roth conversion. So if you have a desire to do, let's say a $20,000 Roth conversion, and you have a $20,000 required minimum distribution, it may not benefit you or may not have benefited you to, to do that because maybe that 40,000, 20 and 20, would have pushed you up into a higher tax bracket. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yep. Okay, so now we actually have two additional years. So maybe instead of us, and, and it's all about tax efficiency, so maybe instead of us trying to force all of that money, meaning the Roth conversion, if that's what your desire is, out into a smaller window, now we have a bigger window. So instead of maybe doing... You know, I'm uh, just giving you round figures because it's early. Uh, let's say, Tony, it was going to be 50000 over the next five years and you're doing, you know, 10000 10, a year. If you still want to do 50000 in Roth conversion, well, now you have two additional years. So maybe you're only doing 7000 or 7200 So chances are you may be able to go down a tax bracket and may be able to stay in the twelve or even the twenty two if you wanted to do the Roth conversion because you have a longer window. So I, I think I think whenever all these articles get get written, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that that his opinion and it was probably meant to stir, you know, to stir the thoughts of the reader. But I do think sometimes it's probably in the best interest of the reader to get both sides. Right. Because there's always there's the fleas always come with the dog. If you if you want the the if you want the the, the pain or the pleasure, you got to take the pain. And sometimes we need to know both sides, right? We don't need to just think, oh, okay, well, I can't do this because I, you know, I read so and so. You need to hear both sides of the story. And that's that's yeah. what I, you know, that's what I wanted to cover with that this morning because I really I really do think that the Secure Act, it it's like anything else. If you look at it as a problem, it is a problem. If you look at it and say, okay, what are the gems that we can mine out of this and create create opportunity and value in our portfolios, I think you can find it. But if you go into it thinking that it's all negative, it's always going to be negative. You know, what's the old expression? If you think you can't, you can, or you can't, you're right. It's up to you.
0: Right. There you go. Uh, it is. You, you have to make the decision. Well, uh, I think it's great that our listeners get this device. And it sounds like they're asking some good questions and I'm glad we're going into this. Uh, And like a lot of questions, the first one you brought up, you know, should I convert to a Roth? Do I need to take my RMDs? These types of questions um, really depend on everybody's personal situation. And that's why I know you're offering that complimentary consultation. There's no cost or obligation. People can come in. You can see where they're at, what they have, and figure out what their goals are, and then create an actual written plan for them and it'll answer those questions,
1: right? Absolutely, Tony, It, it folks, if, there, or if there's anyone listening to the sound of my voice that is literally sitting there thinking, you know, he's got some great points, but I just don't know where to start. Well, the first place you've gotta start is, you've got to actually have a plan on how you're gonna address and attack these issues. If you don't have a plan, you don't have a you don't have a plan, you actually just have a goal, right? Only when you put it on paper, when you actually define it, then it becomes a plan. If you don't have a plan, you need a plan. Give us a call 877-269-0839.
0: I know you had a couple of questions. What's another one you've had lately that uh, might be of interest to our listeners?
1: Well, one of the one of the questions and you and I have talked about this probably, I don't know, half a dozen times over the last year and a half, two years. Um, One of the questions that we got was regarding the, the stretch IRA, because. You know, Prior to December 31st, if, if you basically were able to exercise the stretch, uh, you were actually able to, to stretch out the distributions or the income if you were a beneficiary over your lifetime up to age 85 instead of having to take all that money out at one time. Well, also you had a lot of, of families, a lot of moms and dads that, you know, maybe were in their sixties or seventies or or later. And they were like, you know, we, we want to give them the option, but we also want to protect them from predators, creditors, divorce, bankruptcy, et cetera. So they were going to use a trust, right? Because in the event, the trust is a beneficiary and the benefit and the son or daughter is the beneficiary of the trust. If they're sued, technically they're the beneficiary of the trust, not the IRA. So trying to protect them uh, as much as possible. Well, that's become problematic because now the the trust is actually disrupted if you are, are inheriting anything after January 1st of 2020. Uh, starting this year, instead of you, and we talked about this two weeks ago, instead of you having the ability to, to take it over your lifetime, and, i.e. the stretch, you now have to push all of those distributions out within a 10-year period. Now, the, the good is you have a couple options. Number one, let's say, for instance, if... You don't want to take any distributions for two or three years and four years, and you want to take uh, you know even distributions over the next six. You can do that. If you want to take you know a couple small ones and or you know nine small ones and then take a big one in year ten, you can do that. It's really flexible on what you can do. You don't have to take some all or none, except in the last year, that's when you actually have your required minimum distribution as a beneficiary. Mm. But one of the things to think about is so so let's let's think about it. say you're someone that had a trust, okay? and you were going to have the beneficiary of the IRA be the trust. Well, most likely that was that was what they call a, a pass through or see through or conduit trust. Okay, that meant basically think about it like a like a uh, trying to think a big PVC pipe or a big a big you know pipe you see like for drainage in the road. Basically, water runs in one end, it funnels out the other end, and basically it's meant so it keeps flowing that's a conduit trust. Okay. That means it goes in one end, comes out the other, goes in as an IRA, comes out to the beneficiary. Now the conduit trust is, is actually still an option. You can still stay the course. You don't have to alter what you're doing. You basically would just have to have language in there that says, you know, the, I, uh, the beneficiary must inherit the trust based on, you know, these criteria, but It would just basically have to follow the 10 year rule. It wouldn't be able to defer those uh, to age 85. Now, you could also do what's called an accumulation trust. You could change to where basically you just, you know, took an entire distribution, dumped it into the trust, and then basically the trust would still, you know, protect the creditors, predators, divorce, bankruptcy, all those. But unfortunately, you're probably not going to like the other side of that coin. Uh, if you change to an accumulation trust and all that money dumps in, it's going to be taxed at, at trust rates, not ordinary income rates. So anything over $12,950 is actually going to be taxed at 37%. Tony, that's bad. right. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. That's real money. My opinion, which I'm not an attorney and I don't even play one on TV. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't do an accumulation trust, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't recommend an accumulation trust period. Right. That's in under the current guidelines. That's going to be a tax landmine. Okay. That's Mm going to be a time bomb waiting to happen. What yeah. you could also do is you could spend down your traditional IRA, and I've seen some of these recommended by attorneys. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I I question their sanity because you know they say you know okay, well you you know you could spend down your IRA and go ahead and take that money out in large chunks and then put it in a trust. What sense does that make? That's 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 irresponsible planning, in my opinion, because. What, what I've not seen any attorney in anything that I've seen correspondence-wise think of is w- instead of spending down your traditional IRA, why wouldn't you do Roth conversion and go ahead and take that, put it into the Roth, okay, take it out of your traditional, put it into Roth, that way it's still got the 10 years of protection, but it, guess what? Even if tax rates double or triple in the future, what's a 100% increase on Zero. Zero. Tony, you said there'd be no math. I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, but, but do you see what I'm saying? So if, you know, if if you leave a million dollars, or and I'm just easy math, early morning, if you leave a million dollars to your beneficiary and they have 10 years, well, that million dollars that's tax free could stay in that Roth. And now you may turn that into two million. Because if if it's growing reasonably, let's say 10 years, it turns into 2 million, they could take the distribution, protect the asset, take the distribution all at one time in in year 10, and they've now got 2 million versus 1 million, and it's tax-free. So there's a different way that you need to think about it. You can't just think about the the normal because once again, I'm I, what I'm telling you, I'm getting from attorneys, right? There's there's not a lot of creativity in this. I'm sure there are some creative attorneys. I just haven't found one that I've seen that's written an article yet. Um <laughs> also, you've got charitable remainder trust. Uh, I've seen that as a recommendation. I, don't get me wrong. I, I think, you know, obviously, if if the government would let me direct my tax dollars to where I want to put them charity wise, I would feel more comfortable about it. And uh, that's actually what a charitable remainder trust could do. Uh, it's called a CRT. You could actually put the money in a trust, in a charitable remainder trust, and the IRA would basically go in there the income would come out to the beneficiaries but when that person passed or at the time when that CRT had to be distributed it's going to go to a charity not to your family member. So obviously if you're charitably inclined and you want to protect income and you don't really care about the lump sum that could be an option. I don't know that it would be my option but it's an option. So I guess, Tony, that's really I, I, one of my my soapbox moments for the morning is, you know, I've seen all of these these professionals that are, are espousing their 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 issue or espousing their their um, plans on how we're going to attack this. But I'm just sitting there going, are they actually thinking about what they're what they're writing because that, yeah. that that's not that doesn't sound to me like it's it's planning for the client's best interest. It sounds like to me they're about to charge by the word, and they're literally about <laughs> to make some <laughs> serious money redoing these plans.
0: Yeah, and, you gotta you gotta be, and that's what you do as an independent uh, financial advisor and fiduciary. Uh, you are responsible to look out for your client's best interests. Uh, you're even audited on that, whether the decisions and things you're doing for your clients are in their best interest. And of course, that's your goal. And I think that's really important to find a financial advisor that is looking out for your best interests and is going to do that. Now, we're almost out of time for today's show. So we just have time for you to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, sit down and make a plan.
1: Absolutely, Tony. Uh, Folks, if you have questions... We have answers, 877-269-0839. Give us a call. Let us sit down and actually help you understand whether what you're planning is in your best interest, still in your best interest, or what's in the best interest of the goals and objectives you have for your family. Because think about it, you have three choices when you leave money. You can leave money to Uncle Sam, you can leave money to a charity, or you can leave money to your beneficiaries. One is going to be default, which is Uncle Sam, if you don't make the choice. You can literally choose the two that get the most, and it's up to you on which choice you make. 877-269-0839.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Travis. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Navigating Your Retirement with our host, Travis Chance. Thank you for listening to Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Travis at CFG Wealth Management. Call 877-269-0839 or visit them online at navigatingretirementradio.com.